0: this is real talk with coach valerie malone your source of empowering ideas and actionable strategies for life business and leadership join
1: your host valerie malone leadership coach and motivational speaker on a journey to
0: unlocking your true potential hi sammy thank you so much for being here with us today
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this.
0: I am too. I'm really excited. So um, me and you, we spoke before and you are a self-love and relationship coach um as we uh spoke before and i told you that this channel is about our audiences from all over the world and we talked about almost everything and it's real talk and the reason i call it a real talk because there is nothing that we don't you know talk about if there's something that you wanted to say we, we want people to hear um so i am so excited to do this with you today because self-love and relationship is becoming more and more and more intense for people that are after pandemic um being home reflecting on themselves a lot of people got divorced a lot of people got married and all of that so having you over here today is awesome but before i get to this uh, uh, fun questions um why did you become a relationship coach
1: okay it's a bit of a long-winded story so i'll try and keep it in a nutshell basically so i have a background working in social work and so i did this for five years before moving to thailand and it was absolutely my passion it was my calling and i loved working with families in family dynamics and i also worked a lot with domestic violence as well and i feel like that is really at the core of everything that i do because i always believe that a relationship should be a safe space always whether it's a romantic relationship a friendship in families they are safe spaces and when that is threatened and challenged um, within the family or within a, a, a romantic relationship um, that's where I want to be <laughs> that's, where I, that's where I feel like uh, is my, my calling and my, and my skill set and my support and everything so everything comes from my professional background but also I also have a personal journey as well with self-love so myself I was in a codependent relationship for eight years mm-hmm. from the age of 15 so I was very young and I broke out of that when I was 23 and what I came to realize was I had no sense of identity whatsoever. I didn't know who I was. I had no idea how to give myself love, what I needed. I've never heard of the word boundaries before and so it was almost like I was like like a baby cub ripped from his mother and I needed to find my my way in the world. And that's when I started to travel really and really get to know myself and build up that self-awareness. And I was purposely single for five years on this kind of self-love journey. And I really dove in deep to this work. And then I really kind of trained myself to a professional way as well. And I combined professional and personal experience to really create my coaching program because I am just so passionate in in creating relationships in this world like i said that are safe spaces and not something that is like a battlefield but it's something that um we can grow we can grow and we can develop in relationships as well and also um it, it just affects all areas of your life whether you're building a business whether you're trying to do well in korea whatever it is that you're doing outside of your relationships relationships will always affect that in some way because we're built for connection as human beings so when that is threatened in any way that just ripples into every area of our life so really it just comes back to that in in a nutshell so that's why i i, I really took this on as my mission um and i travel you know i live in thailand and i travel a lot to third world countries like nepal and i see the way that they're set up as well in regards to women almost being a little bit like second class citizens and they're treated very differently um, to the Western world. And that is kind of my, my social enterprise mission is to be able to really bring emotional literacy and education to these types of countries as well. So they're able to communicate better, relate better to each other and just have more healthier relationships.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. As I'm hearing your story, I can relate so much to the story besides uh, a lot of coaches that I've uh, interviewed, but this kind of like goes to my life as well. I went through the same thing, but I love that that you um, title it self-love and relationship coach. And it is so important because like you said, you took some time to find your identity and to know who you are and to start loving yourself in order to change your relationship and i'm very familiar with the western culture of how women are so uh, kept in a place as like a second citizen like you have to listen to me and i was one of those people as well to was married and for the longest time i was just doing what my husband was my ex-husband was telling me so it is so important to spread that message and and then teach those women and tell them that you know you have a place in this world you have identity you just have to find it and amazing people like yourself are going out of their way to do so uh so that's very admiring i just wanted to say that thank
1: you thank you you're
0: welcome now i am sure that during your transaction of coming transformation of like going from the relationship taking time for yourself to love yourself it wasn't that easy i'm you must have had a lot of obstacle that you had to overcome so what oh, are some sweet. challenges <clears throat> obstacle that you had to overcome in order to find that identity of yours
1: mm, i love that question and i just wanted to touch upon the self why why i put self-love in my title and Uh, Why it's so important in relationships as well as being out of a relationship, Mm -hmm. because if you're someone who does struggle with codependency or anxious attachment, that's um, primarily the clientele that I work with, we lose ourselves while we're in a relationship. Like I said, you know, we lose our identity and we also mesh with our partner a lot. We put our partner's needs before our own. We do whatever our partner wants to do, and we almost become a, a, a mini me of our partner, so to speak. So we start to abandon ourselves and we start to reject ourselves. So self-love in and of itself is very important in a relationship as well. So I also work with clients that are in relationships, but have lost themselves. Within that relationship, and they don't want to lose the relationship, and that's prob- that's the main reason why they've come to me because they want to repair it. But mm. that's how they repair an external relationship is by repairing the relationship with themselves.
0: Oh, mm. I just wanted
1: to say that a little bit yeah. as well. So the biggest obstacles, I feel. Oh gosh, there's there's so many because. um <laughs> which one? Do, which one do I talk about? Okay.
0: Well, something I think that I, some something that. You know, we think and, and I always feel like people say we have to do this huge thing in order to change in life. And I, I work with a lot of my clients that are there, you know, sometimes a little things that you pay attention to, and you can change can have a big effect. But sometimes we don't even see it as an obstacle when we are in that situation, you know, when we're in the, uh, a position of like you said, whether it's your career, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your health, we're so in it that we feel like, okay, this is okay. But then once we better ourselves you see wow that was like i did it and it was i thought it was really hard but once i did it and I, damn it i could have done this long time ago
1: oh yes absolutely like when i think about my life now and and who i am i like 10 years ago me would never even imagined i would get to this space like living in thailand by myself like that's absurd like i would not have the confidence or or the self-love within me to give myself what i truly wanted from life i didn't think i was worthy of it and i think that's a big obstacle is really seeing your own worthiness to go after your dreams to know that you deserve a love that is so nourishing and exciting and healthy for you And, -hmm. and, you know, that is the problem, not seeing the worthiness and settling for what we think we're worthy of, which is, you know, emotionally unavailability or just the breadcrumbs of love and affection that we just laugh at because we don't believe that we're deserving of anything more. And I think that was a big problem of why I stayed in my codependent relationship so long was because I didn't think I was worthy of anything better. And I was also in a lack mentality. Like I, I was so stuck in the thought that this is it <laughs> this is my person um and, and that's as good as it's gonna get and there's no one else out there for me because it came from a fear that i just didn't know who i was outside of that relationship as well mm. so it all ties into the worthiness and if you're someone who does have an anxious attachment we do very much place our worthiness on external things whether it's a partner whether it's our business And whether it's the success in our business, whether it's our education, like we always place our worthiness on external factors around us. So um, the big challenge for me was really seeing the worthiness from myself, like Mm. knowing that I'm worthy, regardless of what's going on around me.
0: Right, right. No, no, no. it's, It's so true because I can totally relate to that. For me, it was like mostly... An awareness, like you said, it would, I would just not even aware. I didn't even recognize that I, worthiness, the word worthiness, it wasn't really coming to me or fear of, of oh my God, I'm fearful, I don't want to. It was just so bred in you that this is you. This is as good as you're going to get. This is where you are. So for me, the biggest challenge that that I had to overcome and I, I will or learn or overcome, however you put it, the awareness of it, that you realize that, sit back and you say to yourself what am I doing you know like 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 I'm putting everybody's need before me I am not I don't I don't know who I am I don't know what love is I don't know what hate is I don't know what fear is I don't know what wordiness is I don't know what boundaries there's a lot of stuff is almost lacking um education in a relationship because we were told by society that this is it for me it was the culture the culture was like okay you get up you're a woman you get you get married you have babies you uh be a good wife and then raise your kids successfully and then after that retire or retire from motherhood and then just that's it that's who you are and when we go to the marriage or relationship especially western culture people that are still some of them still doing it that is what you're designed to do so i totally understand when you're saying that sitting back and realizing that wait a minute i am worthy of more i can do more i can be more i think that's the hardest part
1: yes absolutely and i 100% agree with everything you're saying and it's where i come from i can't speak about anywhere else but where i come from which is which is wales and then the uk in general to to love yourself is is not a good thing <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's almost like selfish it's you. It's used in a way of, oh, she loves herself, you know? Like, oh, oh, she loves herself. And it's used in a way, like, it's a bad thing. And I grew up with this, with with, with women around me saying this and in school, and it was, oh, I can't love myself. Like, I can't, yeah, it's selfish. It's, it's, you know, so I grew up with this idea that loving yourself was a bad thing. And that was difficult to unpack as well, because I felt shame around, yeah loving myself if if i wanted to to acknowledge or compliment myself if i want to be like oh i'm really good today i would have that pang of like shame coming in being Mm. like oh god and i would hear like voices from from my hometown like oh she loves herself and that judgment that's coming in you know, and it's only because and I just I always say this to people, when they feel judged by others, it's because that person who they are being judged by is judging themselves. Yes. So for some reason, they are not loving themselves because maybe they were told that loving themselves is wrong. You know, it's this generational trauma that's coming into play here. So it's about breaking those patterns and knowing that self-love is 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 not only a good thing, but it's essential it's so necessary in this in this day and age to love yourself because if you don't have your own back who has your own who has your back you can't depend on anyone else if you can't depend on yourself
0: absolutely absolutely and i love what you said that like uh, the shame for me was like uh uh when you love yourself obviously i'm gonna get to the next question when it comes to self-love but the way it was explained to us is you almost come as an arrogant like oh she's mm. so full of she's so full of herself like if you would have feel yeah. like oh you know i i'm i'm looking beautiful today or i'm looking sexy today or i'm I'm making this uh, money or I, my life is like better or i'm decorating my house or i'm happy be everybody oh you're so selfish you're so conceited you're so arrogant these are the words that we used to hear and then that feeling of you kind of like you said the shame goes back to that shell and they're like huh maybe i shouldn't show it to the people because then people judging me and then you keep it to yourself and then even that becomes like i don't know if i should do it or not but here's here's why i think we feel that shame and we think of the self-love word the way we used to think as 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 in you shouldn't be loving yourself this is my definition but then i'm gonna ask you as well what do you think of for me Self-love is to completely and utterly accept yourself the way, just the way you are. However that is, good, bad, ugly, short, fat, tall, skinny, whatever you see yourself. I I, I you know. I mean, we are the most critical of our own self, but even in your own eyes, if you put yourself, um, when you go to sleep at nighttime and you say, oh my God, I'm so fat, or I'm so skinny, or I'm so tall, I'm short, I'm this, I'm, I'm not educated, I don't have money. Whatever that is, the bad side, as well as the good side is I'm beautiful, I'm sexy, I'm successful, I'm all of that. If you can accept yourself for your, who you are, to me, that's self-love. So what do you think of self-love? Because the definition of self-love is so money. People have it. Like some people say, oh, if I take a bath, that, that means me loving myself, which is great. That's great taking time for yourself. But and the core of it, what does self-love exactly means?
1: I 100% agree with you. And for me, I, I sum it up in one sentence. And self-love is accepting the unacceptable. And what I mean by that is, yes, we have those parts of ourselves that we deem as unacceptable Mm. and therefore we are then we're not accepting it because it's like, no, I, I don't want to accept it for whatever reason that is, because you want to change it or because you you think it's such a bad flaw or trait about yourself or someone has told you that to be true. But then it's about I accept even the unacceptable parts of myself. And I'm going to work on making it an acceptable part of myself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I feel like when we hear the term self love and people are not quite there yet in terms of, but I don't love myself to the point where I feel like, you know, she loves herself or he loves himself. It's not about completely and utterly loving on yourself all the time if only we lived in a world like that right Right. it's about like you said accepting ourselves even through those tough bad times or the things that you want to change about yourself still showing yourself the kindness and compassion um that that you deserve that you need in order to thrive in life so like you said when those bad things come in at night where you're all i'm so unlovable i'm so lonely i'm so stupid we are then in that moment of time rejecting ourselves mm. we are actually rejecting ourselves and it's such a strange thing because people with codependency and an anxious attachment the biggest fear that they hold is fear of rejection yeah they don't want to be rejected by other people therefore they mold themselves into whoever they need to be in order to be accepted by this person mm. but by doing that they are abandoning themselves and therefore rejecting themselves Absolutely. so it's quite a play on words there where they that's what they're doing so for me self-love is is just like you said it's all about accepting the good the bad the ugly the, the everything about you right and knowing right. that everything can be whatever you want it to be but it yeah. has to start with acceptance
0: absolutely absolutely and and, and the fact that uh, I'm going to give one strategy to the listeners the way I did it that once you surrender to that self-love to accept yourself for whoever you are and not necessarily some of the stuff that you have, you don't even have to change it. But if if you say I am okay with that and I'm going to go with the exterior look on this one because a lot of this is going on with a lot of stuff um, or material or whatever that that people can see when you when you accept yourself for that, it loses power. Mm -hmm. It really loses power. So, for example, I'm overweight, right? How do you come, like, what do you, what the, that word, where does it come from? Do you feel overweight that is health as wise, make you uncomfortable in order for you to lose weight, or the dress is not fitting you, or you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't like what I see, or you're doing it because the society expecting you to be a certain way. If something is not bothering you and it's you're doing it by the society, then, then that's what you need to fix. But girl, If I have ice cream in the middle of the night, I get up, I have it. And I'm like, I know I shouldn't (laughs) be having it, but I'm having it, you know, (laughs) that's okay. That's okay. And that is to me, self-love to do it with the joy and to embrace yourself for who you are. And that is okay. A lot of people might not approve of you. Even if you think you're perfect, they might always have something to say about you, but truly in your heart, when you really accept yourself and say, you know what? I'm okay with myself, regardless of what I'm okay, and then all those fears, those rejection, those um, negative words that come in our our, our mind kind of loses its power, and then you can analyze it and go back, and then you can fix it.
1: Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, right. All right. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. and I just wanted to say something about that, where yes. you know, a lot of these kind of thoughts and beliefs don't necessarily come from us a lot of the time yeah you know maybe we we heard someone have said it to us or we've heard someone else say it about themselves so let's say we take your example about even being overweight maybe you know a, a, a size two size 12 ladies um one per, one lady thinks that she's she's fine you know she's happy in her body and then the other is really negative and really critical about herself and you know maybe these two women are best friends and then she's always going on about how fat she is that she wants to lose weight and and then the other woman will be like oh but we're the same weight should i be worried then should i (laughs) and then she will start to look at herself a bit more and think well if she thinks she's fat and we are the same size like does that mean i'm fat and then that can start on a downward spiral as well or in the realm of relationships you may have had a partner that has repetitively told you that you, you know, you're ugly, or they they pointed something out about you that's ugly or a flaw, and they want you to change it, and they just keep going on and on at you. So now it becomes fixated in your own mind. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the beliefs and the thoughts that we have, they haven't just appeared out of nowhere. Right. So where have they come from? Right? Where have these beliefs come from? Like you said, if they come from society, Have they come from other people, you know, like, where is this come from? And then you know just a tip for your listeners as well when this happens like say someone makes a comment at you maybe mm. it's about your weight your life whatever it is you ultimately have that choice whether you accept it or not you don't have control or power over what someone says you don't have control over what someone says do does thinks. what you do have control over is is yourself it's how you react and respond and whether you even accept what they're saying So I always say to my clients, if someone's judging you or someone says like some sort of sarky comment, you have the choice to really accept that or not. You could say to yourself like, oh, that's interesting, but I'm I'm not subscribing to that. No, I don't. I'm Mm -hmm. not. I'm not taking that on. Mm -hmm. And then also putting yourself in their shoes. And this is a great um, exercise to do. So if someone's judging or gossiping or whatever, just know that that's what they do into themselves as well. They're judging and gossiping about themselves and everybody is self-obsessed with themselves. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, we are living in a world where we're just all obsessed with ourselves. And that's the way we're wired to be self-obsessed, to keep us in that form of survival. So if you feel judged, just know that that the, ju- the, the person doing the judging is judging themselves as well. So just being in that space of compassion, and it can be very difficult when someone is, you know, saying something about you and and you're taking it personally it can be really difficult and it does take practice to really disassociate yourself from the comment not make it personal but then also know that that person has got their own
0: stuff going on
1: and you know and it it can be difficult but it can
0: be done oh my god it took me 30 years to do that but it, is, it, it can be done, absolutely it can be done. I call that, uh, um, and I do teach that to my client as well, because even though I am a business coach, but 80% of my coaching is mindset, as in how to be a leader and how to be your own boss and how to have your own life the way you desire. So I don't really separate personal life from work and work from personal. So 80% of my training is all about your mindset, how you feel about yourself, what you think of yourself. Like you said, the boundaries of if someone said something, you can't change the world, what they say about you, but it's how you receive it, how you accept it, and how you respond to that. So this exercise, not even exercise. I look at it this way, and it took me 30 years to learn that. You, When somebody's in front of you, you look at yourself in the mirror. If that person says something that you don't like, you can break the mirror, you can polish the mirror, you can do whatever it is, it's not going to fix it. What fixes that is when you go back inside and say to yourself, why am I taking this as an insult? Why am I taking this as a negative? What what is going on? Like you said, put yourself in that person's shoe. Okay, maybe that person's having a problem with herself and she's venting and she wants to make me feel bad so she can feel better. There's a lot of stuff going on. And the minute that you do that, the minute that you say to yourself, you know what, again, come back to that groundness of your own identity, I'm okay. Maybe you're right, because in your perception, you are right. Obviously, you're thinking of me that way, right? You're thinking of me that way. I can't change that because if you didn't, you wouldn't say, or you wouldn't do the things that you say, or you do, but that's when the blockage has to come in and you have to stop it right there. You're not wrong right now. You, what you think of me, that's great. And I'm not that I know in my heart that I'm not that. And then that brings the compassion. So you're not judgmental toward the other person, but yet you're very kind toward yourself. And that's when the whole dynamic of a relationship changes because the other person sees you. Wow, she took it really good because even though, you know, I said that, or sometimes people come in later on when we realize that, you know, I hurt this person's feeling or I said something that I shouldn't have said, but yet the way she responded it, wow, that was, that was amazing. And that is what self-love is, because once we surround to ourselves and say, "Okay, yeah, you're right. You think I'm fat? Maybe. In your eyes. Yeah, I am. But I'm okay with
1: it. Mm, Yeah, I
0: love that. I love
1: that you say about the the perceptions, because we all we all look at the world in a very unique way. We all got different glasses on, shall we say. I always use the analogy of having glasses on. We're all wearing different glasses of what Mm. the world looks like. And what we think about the world, what we think about ourselves, and what we think about other people. So, for me personally, I get a lot of comments about oh, because I come from a very traditional Welsh um, family, hometown where everybody's married, everyone's got kids, everybody's doing you know mm-hmm. the right the things. And you know me, I'm just living my life here in Thailand in my thirties, no marriage, no kids. So I get a lot of comments like, "When are you going to settle down? Don't you want a husband? Like, don't you want children?" You know, oh, they, they, you know, it's nothing better than children. And I'm like, okay, I have a choice here. I could either feel really crap about myself that I don't have children right now and get really down on myself that, you know, the clock is ticking and, and all these fears that are coming from other people. I could take that on. Or I could choose to be like, well, you know what? That is your path. That is your belief. That is your opinion. Mm. I'm not taking that on. Like, that's yeah. not the way that I have structured my life. That is not the way that I want to live my life. That is not the way that I see myself. And it's having that confidence in, in knowing who you are at your core, knowing what's right for you and knowing that you are making the decisions that are right for you. You trust yourself. Yeah. And again, it all comes back to just really knowing who you are. And go back to my story, where I took that time out to really know who I am, because unless you know who you are, how can you build up that self trust and confidence to be able to say these types of right. things?
0: Right.
1: So that's where you need to start is really getting to know who you are and what kind of life you want to build for yourself. Being mm. very grounded
0: in that as well. It's so true. It's so true. but. I love that you said that, you know, it it just your identity is who you are, the perception of we wearing glass. I mean, technically, if you think about it, we have a million identity, right? From everybody's eyes, you have certain identity, the way I look at you, my Perception toward you is one thing. Your mother' perception toward you is another thing. Your brother, your sister, your siblings, your friends—all of that stuff, you know. So, if and in, in a general general, if we look at that and knowing that, hey, we have so many identity in this, and that is okay. That is that's the first step. Then you have to mm. say to yourself, no, that's okay. That's okay if you're looking at me that way because that is your perception toward me. So, yeah, identifying that about is the first sorry. step. <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah.
1: The thing about identity, and I, I do have an issue with the word identity sometimes, because I feel like when we put labels on ourselves, yeah. it's almost like we're ourselves into boxes.
0: Yes.
1: And that's not what identity is about. Identity is fluid. It really is. But we attach ourselves to these labels because it gives us a sense of safety. Yeah. Oh, I know who I am because I am a mother. I am this. I am that. But that's not what identity is all about. It's mm. just that's just the external social constructs that we have been taught how to identify ourselves with.
0: Right, right.
1: Also, um, we put ourselves in these boxes and it's
0: it's yeah, keeps absolutely. Stuck. Absolutely, absolutely. So now that the listeners understand that what we talk about, the reason you said self-love and relationships. So let's get the self-love first. We talked about it a lot. It's very important to find your identity, not put it in a box, but like a river flow, you will have a million identity love yourself for who you are, the good and the bad. Let's move on to the next thing. So now somebody's coming in these ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, I'm sure they're going to say that, okay, I am somebody that is in a relationship, romantic relationship. And my relationship is not doing well. What do you advice would be for those people? Like I they just recognized it, not to what extent, but just like, I'm not comfortable. And, and this relationship. What is give us like some strategy that they have to do or think or something so they can take the next step, move forward to either fix it or get rid of it or work it, whatever that is.
1: Hmm. So I would really explore like what's not working well. Okay. I I saw so it's a very broad statement to say like it's just not working. Right. right. So right, right. what what's not working? Is it a communication issue? You know, that, which is yeah. most of the time, to be honest, like in, in a relationship. No, I'm not talking like situationship or things or anything like that. All right. Most of the time, it's a communication thing that couples, um, they just they have a communication breakdown. Mm-hmm. So what I see happening in society a lot of the time is people get together in those first couple of years. It's like heaven on earth right Mm -hmm. you're in love the chemicals are raging throughout your body and nothing else matters in life and and everything is grand and it's after kind of that two-year mark where things start to die down and you all you you can become you become more yourself you know you're not putting your best foot forward all the time anymore and you become more yourself maybe you're living together at this point and you know you get so comfortable with each other but that's where the bickering starts and the arguing and and you know the the criticizing can sometimes come in as well we get too comfortable with ourselves mm-hmm. and a lot of the time we feel like we have and not all the time but i'm talking about the clientele that i work with that has anxious attachment and codependency traits we almost feel like we own that person and i say this in the most lightest way in regards to like that person is in our life forever we don't need to do anything any kind of work they just need to take on everything that we give like what Mm. we need and we just kind of start depending on each other for, for for meeting our needs and what the conflict that then starts to come in in relationships is when again it's so broad it can be multiple things and when i work with clients we really explore like what is it really and truly that is going on here so you know it's about really strengthening communication skills so if we're going to go down this avenue it's about listening to each other and what we need because when we are feeling frustrated or friction in some way in relationships it's mostly because of an unmet need Mm. So again, being very aware of what is this unmet need that is not being met by your partner or even by yourself, because, Mm. you know, a lot of the times we go into relationship to get our needs met because we don't know how to meet them for ourselves. Right. So when someone comes to me and they're like, oh, my relationship's not working. Most of the time is because I have needs that are not being met, Okay. whether it's I'm not feeling seen or heard, whether it's I'm not getting the love and affection that I want. So how can you work together as a couple to meet each other's needs? And it just requires a lot of open and honest communication and being willing to be vulnerable as well. Because if you're someone who has anxious attachment, that can be very scary because we are driven by the fear of rejection and abandonment. So mm-hmm. we will we will shy away from any kind of risk that will that will end the relationship.
0: So mm-hmm. therefore
1: we we shy away from conflict sometimes or or we sabotage ourselves in this way so i hope Mm.
0: that answers your question no absolutely absolutely communication is a huge thing it's very Mm. simple and like i said when we started beginning a lot of time people think that oh my god i'm in this relationship i have to do this huge thing in order for me to fix my relationship or stay in my relationship or get out of the relationship but when it comes down to it, it's really communication. So here's my opinion on the communication communication is really your true voice of, like you said, when they come into the relationship, how I come in and say, Hey, I'm not happy. You expressing your feeling. I'm not happy because my needs are not met. What are those needs? You need to talk about it. Maybe the other person is not aware of it that, okay, Mm -hmm. you know what? I didn't send you flower on your birthday, you know? I thought it was okay. We've been married for 10 years. I didn't think I should have. Now, again, in that case, you don't know what they thought and you're not expressing yourself. And that escalates to adding all those stuff. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But in every occasion, any of part, whether it's you you or your partner, feel uncomfortable they should really communicate and that's what we're lacking and and i love what you said that relationship is not just about romantic relationship but in any relationship um with our parents with our friends with our uh, co-workers with our boss uh, lack of communication what causes so much problem but the communication is really truly your voice of how you feel now you can compromise you can discuss you can work on it but you have to know that that's the first step you have to take i got to communicate with this person i got to tell this person how i feel what are my needs what i what i want i may be over my head i may be asking for something that the other person cannot give me but that would be determined later once you do use your voice and communicate right Hundred
1: percent. Yeah. And it the thing with communication is it's it's it is tricky in regards to there is some form of strategy to it. Mm-hmm. So it's not about kind of, you know, word vomiting on someone and, and what I call projecting right. onto your partner because this is when, you know, if anybody experiences a partner drawing away from them or becoming distant, you know, which which happens a lot in relationships where the, the partner then goes cold. Mm. and it's because they feel like it's too much and you know in regards to they can't take it on maybe they don't have the mental capacity to take it on but what's happening with someone who is projecting too much is they don't like I said don't know how to meet meet, uh, don't know how to meet their own needs Mm. so for someone who has no idea how to give themselves love and connection for example and affection They're really depending on their partner to fill up that bucket for them, and it's a big bucket. They're holding it, (laughs) so they are like, "You need to fill up this bucket because this is what I need." So it's about being very aware of, you know, how much is too much. Because there's a lot of things on social media these days, like, "Oh, I'm not too much. I'm not too much." is is that right though like because i've been exploring this for myself like it's too much too much like we have big buckets for love and connection especially if you're anxiously attached and they do have holes in it so if you have this expectation of a partner constantly filling up this bucket and it's running dry very Mm -hmm. very fast it's going to wear them out it's just that's the reality of it i've seen it many times this happening so it's about how can you help Fill up your own bucket as well before mm. we even get onto the communication part, right and then when it comes to couples communicating with each other there is a little strategy in it in regards to we sometimes derive to when we want to tell someone how we're feeling or something has happened we go immediately to defensiveness and, and um accusing an accusation it's almost like we approach communication and conflict like we're in a battlefield it's me against you who's mm. right who's wrong and it's like you didn't do this you know and it's your fault that this you know i'm feeling this way and it's you 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 pointing the finger all the time and your partner's going to feel threatened and attacked so what does one do when they feel threatened and attacked they go into fight back Mm -hmm. right their ego is then on red alert and they're like well excuse you know well i'm being attacked right now i'm being threatened Mm -hmm. i need to stand up for myself and that's what causes this war between couples when they start to communicate. So the best way to do it is first of all, get yourself in a regulated state. So a lot of people go into an, I don't say argument, go into um, discussion about an issue already hyped up. They've already got all the emotions running through their body, whether it's anger, anxiety, it's already running through them and then they are going into that situation feeling this way. So, my first tip would be to really emotionally regulate so you're able to come into this space from a place of calm mm. and also word it in a way. And I don't know if you've heard of the strategy nonviolent communication. I studied this last year in, in how to structure communicating something difficult. So, it starts with the actual event. So, for example, I came home from work yesterday and I noticed that the dishes. We're not done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you you're actually pointing out the fact of what's going on here. So instead of going in and be like, you didn't do the dishes again, I'd be telling you over and over and you you're lazy, you forgetful and all that stuff is going to just cause more friction. So acknowledge, you know, state the fact of what's happening. I noticed when I come home last night, um, yesterday, that the dishes were not done. And then you, you make it about you. Make it about you and express how that made you feel. So the second one would be and when I saw that the dishes were not done, it made me feel, made me feel whatever, made me feel disrespected, it made me feel unloved, it made me feel uh, un, like uh, unacknowledged, wherever you're mm-hmm. feeling. And then you explain why. And then, you know, it could be like, I thought we had an agreement that you were going to do the dishes and I was going to do this chore and I just feel really disappointed. I just feel really disappointed that this was not followed through.
0: Mm-hmm. So you can
1: notice I didn't say you in any of those statements.
0: Right,
1: right, right, right. I, it was about like you. I felt this way because I saw that the dishes were not done. It made me feel you know, disrespected, unloved uh, because we had an agreement that this was gonna get done. I thought we were working together on this to keep up with the chores because we're both very busy people. Mm and then after you've expressed that in a way that is more calm you then go into kind of a request so you know can we can we revisit this like is there some reason why the dishes are not getting done Mm. so instead of being like you know you're too lazy to do the dishes and you're you know you're already putting that on your partner come to it from a place of curiosity instead like is there any is there a reason why the dishes are not getting done you know are you so tired when you get home from work that you just need a bit more time and then you're going to get to the dishes so it's about how can we work together on this how can we work together on this and develop a plan rather than me against you approach
0: so love that yeah love that i love that uh, um you didn't say you you a lot but and then also you kind of include both of them together like we agreed on this we so you even though you're saying it makes me feel this way but then you put yourself including the other person and giving the same respect that we agree on this and then looking at it from a place of compassion is this is what I really really love what you just said before we start attacking the other person or getting mad or going to that level of anxiety or anger it just mine would be like you said curiosity Hmm. Mm -hmm. i thought you know did there something happen are you okay you know what's going on and all that i think when we can start the conversation it's more compassionate and it's more like a mellow versus like you said you didn't do the dishes i thought you would do it and and that's when we go to the battle of a
1: fight that is amazing yeah it's about modeling what you want back so if you're going to go into it in attack mode expect to get attack mode back that's all i can say right right, right, if you go into it yeah if you go into it from a place of calm and curiosity your partner will match that energy you know how can they get mad at you when you are genuinely coming approaching this from a place of love and curiosity
0: correct and working together and ladies and gentlemen, for whoever is listening right now, they probably uh, be like, well, it's easy for you to say. It's never easy. It's never <laughs> no. easy. We we know how you feel, but it's mm. just you know changing the approach a little bit. Um, if you're in the, and especially if you have tried already in things that have not worked, then it's time to like change the strategy a little bit and say, hey, maybe I should come in from a place of curiosity and compassion and love, and then just switch the dialogue a little bit to see how that works and i know for sure i would i would vouch for that 120 percent every time when we come up from a place of love and curiosity it always works always
1: absolutely yeah, yeah. and yes you are right it's not going to happen overnight it's not going to even work the first time you know expect to fail is what i say when it comes <laughs> to this kind of stuff you know like but know that you are improving every time you do try like it's not going to work straight away. You might slip up and fall off the bandwagon and get angry and fall back into your old habits. But know that that's what you're doing. You're breaking old habits and you're trying to form new ones. And it's going to take time, just like going to the gym when you change your body. It's not going to happen overnight. If you want to change your relationship, change your mindset. It's not going to happen overnight. It requires consistent practice. Be because I know a lot of a lot of clients come to me and they're like, "But I tried this before and it didn't work." Right. Like, okay how many times did you try it well right. I tried it the once <laughs> it didn't <laughs> work I'm like well okay but you know and then I use the gym analogy did you go to the gym and then get six six packs straight away <laughs> right you know like and you might be a lucky person that it does happen straight away me you and your partner have this great connection and relationship where you're going to really try but even then you're going to slip up you're human Absolutely. and again that compassion kind of that self-love needs to come in and know that you are you're trying and as long as you can come out of maybe a situation that didn't go so well and you can sit with it and be like, okay, what happened there? What happened there? How did I slip up? You know, what can I learn for next time? What can I do better next time? And again, it's just that self-love and compassion coming in. But was, it's not easy. It does I was money. gonna I was gonna add to that be
0: kind to yourself and then give it a time. Time heals everything and continue like you said, these tips to follow. Um, having a great communication, expressing yourself in a calm way. Come from a place of like, relax yourself. If you're hyper, if you're coming uh, really mad, just take some time, breathe, relax yourself first before you go to the conversation. Always bring yourself that how you feel instead of blaming what you didn't do. And I love that you included that we decided to do this, but yet it did not work. So let's go back. But the most important part of it why are you doing all of this whether you're communicating or explaining your feelings or saying something somebody just do it from a place of love and kindness and and compassion and i think if you can go with that attitude and that energy the dynamic of 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 the whole um situation changes automatically and that just been proving over and over and over and i don't care what type of relationship you are even the violence one which i was i think staying back all goes back to stem of you have to love yourself but even when you start loving yourself to going fixing that it has to be from a place of love and, and, and compassion and and once you start do loving yourself then it automatically will come and it will take time to get there so that's our tips for you guys today if you're going through something all right let's change gear who are your audience? like who are your clients? If somebody's listening to us right now and wanted to work with you and say, am I supposed to be in relationship to work with you or I can work with you if I'm not in a relationship, what are your like ideal clients?
1: So in regards to relationship status, it really doesn't matter because um, the clientele that I work with uh, are experiencing codependency traits. Um, okay. Or have an anxious attachment style. So I'm certified in attachment theory. If you know what that is, that is, we all have an attachment style, uh, whether it's secure or insecure. And the insecure attachment styles is anxious attachment, dismissive avoidant, and fearful avoidant. Mm and you know i don't want to go into too much depth about it i'm sure if anybody does get curious they can they can google it it's all on there but basically my clientele is someone with an anxious attachment style and what that means is that they tend to display codependency in relationships uh they tend to do people pleasing as well when it comes to relationship they mold themselves into being the perfect person and they put other people's needs before their own and there's a lot of self-abandonment going on Mm. so this happens in relationships this happens i know not so much outside of relationships because funnily enough people with these types of traits they're absolutely fine by themselves like they they don't feel Mm. that anxiety coming up because they're not being triggered so mostly it's when they're dating a lot of times when they're dating you know when they have to go through the motions of the dating and they you know it's okay this is not working out onto the next one it's very exhausting for them because they're putting so much of themselves out there without protecting their own needs and and boundaries as well. So I know a lot of clientele come to me when they're in the dating process and they're just really struggling with that. Um, Or they are in a relationship and they can see that there's an imbalance and it needs repairing and it needs some help in some way. And they know that they have work to do It's not saying that their partner doesn't but they know in themselves that they have some work to do because their anxiety is getting out of control the jealousy the accusations the you know everything is just getting a little bit out of control and the you know the communication as well comes into it so um and i also have clients that are single and they're just on this self-love journey you know they've been through the motions They've been kangaroo hopping from one toxic relationship to the other. They have done a bit of research into like why this may be happening and they are taking full responsibility for it. And I'm not saying that their partner doesn't have that, but when you take full responsibility for, for yourself, not for the relationship, not for the external stuff, mm-hmm. but for yourself, it's so empowering. You know and from there then you can truly heal so i have clients that are coming in that are single and they don't want to get into another relationship until they heal this anxious attachment and the anxious yeah, attachment yeah. comes from childhood and it comes from the subconscious beliefs that we hold mm-hmm. as well um so yeah they just want to break those patterns they just want to but they just want to stop attracting and being in relationships with narcissists and un- emotionally unavailable people or they know that they they, they want to be able to think that they are worth more and they can get more but for some reason they're just not getting it, not getting it. so in a nutshell it's about people anyone who wants to
0: break these these right. patterns right yeah. right amazing amazing well sammy this was a such an amazing conversation thank you so much for taking the time to give us these amazing tips And telling us what it is to love yourself, what it is to be in a bad relationship, identifying and recognizing it. And what are some tips to realize or do practice and put it in a practical uh, day every day, practice it and then see how that comes in. And if you can still not do it, then definitely uh, reach out to her. So thank you so much for being here and, and helping us understand the part of a relationship that sometimes we avoid and i'm listening to you i'm like that could be me but <laughs> we do and it's okay so thank you for that
1: yeah yeah and yeah just just the last thing as well for anybody who might be listening to this and thinking like oh damn i'm ticking every box here you know um this sounds like me i first of all i just want you to know that this is not a bad thing in any way this is just your programming it's not your fault this is just, and you know, without going too much into childhood traumas, but whether you feel like you went through a childhood trauma or not, there's something there that has made this attachment, that's made this insecure attachment within you. So just know that it's not your fault, but what it is, is your responsibility. Oh, so I don't want you to think that anything is wrong with you. I don't want you to think that anything is bad with you and it absolutely can be changed. It's a program that can be changed. It just takes time. It takes commitment and it yes. takes a willingness and dedication as well. So I just wanted, you know, for anybody who's listening who's freaking out right now, <laughs> just know that, you know, there is nothing it's okay. wrong with you. No. you yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Sammy, <laughs> for Thank being you here. so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been yeah. a lot of fun.
0: Thank you so much. You've listened to Real Talk with your host,
1: coach and speaker, Valerie Malone. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might also like Valerie's coaching packages and online programs available on her website, ValerieMalone.com. On her blog, you'll also find free tips, tricks, and strategies to improve the quality of your life and business. Take a look at ValerieMalone.com.